You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. Welcome to tonight's show, Chris Hall. Uh, I guess a Facebook friend is the best thing I can call you at this moment until the end of this interview, but uh, we've been exchanging Facebook posts for a while now. You work for American Mythology Comics, correct? Uh, Yes. And you work as a colorist? Yes, I do. So if you want... Uh, can you explain to listeners what might not, who might not know what a, a colorist does for a comic book? Basically, um, I get black and white line art that the line artist draws, whether it be um, physically or digitally. And they send me a high-res file, and I get the black and white file, and I add color to it. So- I add sh- shading, depth... Um, try to tell the story through color. Okay. Different things like that. Yeah. So how long have you been uh, a colorist? How long have you been doing this work? Uh, I think about like 14 years. 14 years. Yeah. And what, what, what's some of your, your favorite work that you've worked on so far? Well, my first job, and I don't know, you may know him. Um, Zen, are you familiar with him? I I am. I've I've met HCMP Media. Yep. Yeah. Um, we did a series, and he was actually my first paid work uh, called Pink Power. Okay. Um, I really, really have a I I love that book. I love how it turned out. Love the artist on it, and uh, of course, unfortunately, deep because it was self funded. Um. It had to end, but Zen is always, you know, he's he always has it in the back of his head and is always trying to find a way to get it up and going again. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, when uh, is that what you set out to do? Was it was it to be a colorist when when you first uh, got into this work? <laughs> Actually, I had it in my head. I saw a commercial on TV. I was a meat cutter. Ooh. Okay, yeah, I was a meat cutter and saw this commercial on TV or online or something like that for Full Sail in Florida. Okay. And further accelerated computer animation program. Ah. So I got it in my head that that's what I wanted to do. And so I set all that up, got my student loans, all that stuff, and trucked off to Florida for two years and got my degree in computer animation. But while I was there, I was I was in a class and we had some downtime. So a buddy of mine sitting next to me, I looked over and he was um, had a spawn pinup Ooh. on his computer screen. And I'm like, oh, that's really cool, you know, because of course I love comics. 
Um, so I'm like, oh, that's cool. What are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm coloring it. I'm like, oh, I had no idea that that's how you did it. Mm. So I watched him and I'm like, tried it. I loved it and uh, just started doing it. <laughs> <laughs> has has it has it been a interesting road? Like, I mean, ha- it's how it's do you break very, in as a colorist? I guess is the 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 bigger question that I'm trying to ask. Well, first you take everything that you think you know, okay, and you throw it out because you know nothing. <laughs> I came into this thinking I was going to wow the comic world and change comics and you know do all this amazing, amazing stuff with all these new techniques that I had and all this stuff like that. And come to find out and talking to professionals and getting feedback, that's not how it works. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, basically, if you want to start coloring, it's you just get in there and do it. A lot of people start out as a flatter, which is going in and with um, selection tools like a lasso tool, you go in and you select basically every shape on the page and that gets a color. Okay. Which makes it easier for the colorist to go in and quick select different parts so they can go and change the color and render and do what they have to do. So a lot of people start out flatting. Some people start out um, just straight up trying to color. Hmm. Okay. And, and how, how did you start out? Um, well, I, my background in computer animation, because we, um, I really enjoyed doing, um, shading, um, which is basically, um, putting the texture and the skin and everything on 3d models and painting it out in Photoshop. So that lent itself very well to coloring so I was very familiar with that process and so I just started doing it and putting my work out there and you know applying for jobs sending out my portfolio and basically once you get you know good enough and somebody finds your work and they they like it they'll offer you a job Mm. and hopefully it's legit (laughs) because (laughs) I got screwed on my very first job (laughs) oh that's not good yeah, it happens to everybody. Right. That's just because you're so excited, you know, for your first for your first gig. Right. Um, that you don't always vet the person very well. <laughs> now So Okay. Oh, oh, I was just to say, are are you do you still do work in three D animation stuff or is it do you solely do uh your your colorist work? I it's mostly the colorist because that, that pays the bills. That pays the bills, do, there you go. I do other work. Um, I have my own personal projects that I do, and I love to um, do photo composites and paint overs and stuff like that, and um, like logos. Like I don't know if you saw on my um, Facebook page that I posted. I posted a a banner and a logo that I made for a friend. Yes, I did. I did see that. It was a. It seemed like it was. It was, it was for. What was it for? It was for a gaming thing. Yeah, he has a Twitch channel. Okay. And uh, he needed, he does basically first person shooters. Right. And so he needed something for that. So, oh, that's, I mean, that's, I assume he was very appreciative. It looked great. 
Yes, he was. He set up my, uh, I, I had to get a new computer because my computer died on me. So he set it all up for me and merged the hard drives and did all that stuff. And so I'm like, I'll do some logos for you. <laughs> <laughs> so what, uh, I, I'm gonna. Th- I, I hope I'm not wrong in this, if in my memory. But you did the, the Wicked Righteous, right? I did do the Wicked Righteous. Okay. Yep. You know uh, Terry too. Yep. Yeah, we've uh, I've had Terry on the show a couple of times. I, I've yeah, uh, yeah. interviewed him at at conventions and even moderated a panel for him here in Yuma, Arizona. So, oh, really? I did did not know that. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a fun time. That was my first time ever moderating a panel. So that that went over pretty interesting <laughs> but uh what was it like working on that project i always tell everybody that will listen that like terry is literally like the nicest guy in comics <laughs> he's amazing to work for and to work with um he always i think he's one of the ones that always says i'm colorblind so i i have no idea anyway <laughs> <laughs> um so he really just lets me go you know he always just let me go with the colors Mm. um he always of course you know had some input you know in the final say like you know i think that's a little too this or could you make this color or this this person's whatever is supposed to be that color but for the most part he just let me go and how did you get involved with him in the first place like did were you on a service or did you guys know each other through online like how you and i know each other he saw my work on deviant art as a lot of people do okay um i mean a lot of people in and as in the people who have hired me okay <laughs> i don't know that you know a lot of people have seen my work on deviant art but um so yeah he found me on there emailed me um and it actually started out as a different project. Um, it was, oh, I can't think of the name of the project. It was the one where, with the clones of the warriors from history. Oh, yeah. the um, Oh, man, I'm terrible that I don't remember what the name of that project is. Yeah, I can't, it's. I'm having a total brain fart. But it, it, it's it's a good it's a good it's a good one. <laughs> it is, yeah, yeah. And I started out actually on that, and did work on that, and then the the artist kind of fell through on that one. Okay. And we ended up moving on to the Wicked Righteous because he he pitched that to um Peter Semetti at Alterna, mm-hmm. and apparently Peter loved it so. And Terry, um, you know, Terry funds this out of his own pocket. I don't know how he does it, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and we did do a Kickstarter, and it did very well. So I'm assuming that helped him recoup. Right. The book was actually selling well enough to get some, um, uh, make some money off of it. That's, so for yeah. him, that sounds good. I mean, that that's definitely a good thing. Um, is is that a common way for people to, I, I guess, starting out or or at this point in your career to to get businesses through like deviant art like that to just get emails and then you hash it out what, you know what uh, uh, terms and agreements and prices and stuff like that. Yeah, and I to be honest, I completely hate that dance because um, it's always 
well, how much do you charge? What are your rates? And then it's always like, well, what are you willing to pay? <laughs> and also what, so, what kind of work you want me to do, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a dance and you always have to, you know, you always have in the back of your head like, okay, if I, if I quote too high, there's a possibility that he's gonna, this person's just gonna run and I'm never gonna hear from him again. I really want this gig and I need the work. So you gotta kinda figure out where they're at and hopefully they'll stick around and um bargain mm-hmm. so i mean i, yeah. I myself have like i have set page rates that i do right but they do vary you right. know from project to project that so it makes complete sense so, i mean have you gotten a lot of work that i mean that way too but it, it's is there is there a is there another way of of of, of going about it is there is there some type of service where you can put your name in and then people can come find you or is it just DeviantArt or on your social media so to speak um i think that's how a lot of people starting out do it especially in the um indie comics uh there are services where you can put your work up there and they'll find you Mm -hmm. um comic art commissions i believe it is there's a website um a lot of people go through that and there's various sites actually where you have to like pay to have your stuff on there which i don't like that i think that's a complete scam but sounds like it (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah so you know deviantart and facebook have actually they're really really great for getting your stuff out there and being able to connect with um publishers and right now oh i'm sorry go ahead no and editors and you know stuff like that so okay and and right now you like uh we said earlier you're working for american mythology comics yes what kind of work are you doing there i am actually i color and i'm a production assistant okay so i help with setting up ads for um previews magazine um setting up covers stuff like that in addition to doing coloring so and what got me interested in them is they i knew they did hatchet the hatchet comic series Mm -hmm. and i'm a huge huge fan of hatchet and adam green (laughs) so i'm like i knew i want to do that and i was going to figure out a way to work on that book (laughs) now so it you you had heard of you'd heard of the company before you started working for them. Is it is that something you seeked out? Is it just something you saw what, there was an opportunity available or um actually I worked for Ibn Press for for like five years. And have you heard of Ibn Press? I have. Okay. And you know, doing the zombie books and maniac and all that stuff. And we started a new series. And the artist on there, um, Puiz Calzada, I hope I pronouncing his name right. Um, he was the artist on it. And so I got talking with him and I found out that he did work for Hatchet and work for American Mythology, and I'm like, dude, can you, you know, can you given my name i really would love to do some work so that happened and i ended up talking with um mike wolfer the uh editor-in-chief of american mythology and he's like yeah i i have uh, we'll have you try out on some some covers or some pinups stuff first you know just to see where you're at 
and it went from there. That's, I mean, that sounds like an awesome, awesome deal for you. Uh, it is. What, what books are you working on now then for them? I'm doing hatchet. Uh, I'm doing, I did a couple stories, hatchet stories for a Halloween, um, hatchet Halloween comic that's coming out, of course, this Halloween. And it's a bunch of, uh, short stories based around Honey Island Swamp, the hatchet universe. And I'm also doing Zorro Rise of the Old Gods, which um, Puiz is also penciling. And that's basically uh, Zorro mixed with Lovecraftian mythology. Okay. that I mean, that's quite the crossover there. I don't think that's something I've ever ever is, heard about. But- but it works. Yeah. It's 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 weird, but it works. <laughs> what what's what's it like working on Hatchet then? That's something that you were super excited about before uh you know, you know, before working for American Mythology. Oh, it's it's a dream project. I love doing it. Um cuz I'm very familiar with the movies and the universe mm-hmm. and what you know, like the tone of what everything's supposed to look like. Um so yeah, it's I love it. It's a dream gig. What what um so like you said earlier, you said you get sometimes you get the digitals of of things or sometimes you get the hard copies and stuff. Do you have a preference in in how you work? I assume that if you get the actual paper in the mail or something, you then scan it in and then color it. Well, actually um no, that's that would that's usually done for the colorist. I get all my files digitally. Okay, you do get it on digitally. So, yeah, even if they're drawn physically, um, they're scanned in and then sent to me. So okay, because of course companies have a certain way they do things, and you know they want to make sure that it looks everything's right. Mm-hmm. So they they do that process. And what what is it? What are deadlines like for you? Well. I work in, you know, the the indie comic industry and they very wildly. Uh, There's times where I get rush jobs like, hey, we need this in like three days. Mm -hmm. And then there's times where like, well, we're not really sure when it's going to come out. So just, you know, do what you're doing. (laughs) (laughs) Get it done at your own pace kind of thing. Yeah, it varies wildly. When I was working for Ibn, there was typically like a two or three month window, you know, in between books. So I had a a good time amount of time to do it to get that stuff done. And um, when you were, you know, cutting meat before going to, uh, would you say it was full sale? Yes, I went to full sale. when you were cutting meat, is this I mean, is this something that you ever thought that you'd be doing, being a part of? I assume you read comic books before you worked for comic books. Yes, I I had read comic books since I was uh you know what five years old, six years old. Mm. So, um, you know, started out with the usual Batman, Superman, <laughs> like Captain Carrot and the Amazing Zoo Crew stuff nice. like that. Um, I love that book. It needs a resurgence. I'm sure so, someone's working on it. And I, you know, as as a kid, of course, I love to color coloring books. You know, I would always copy work that I see 
that I had seen. I used to, uh, I loved the Dragonlance novels. Mm. Absolutely loved those novels. So I would take the covers and I would recreate those in pencil. You know, just drawing what I'd seen. So, right. Um, of course, every kid, you know, copies what they do. I think I remember trying to copy a what if Wolverine was an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. And I think Leafield did that one. Oh, OK. Yeah. And I, so I remember trying, you know, practicing on that and trying to copy what they did and all that stuff. And and then I got into I got away from it for a while. And then in the 90s, I really got back into it heavy. And of course, I found Image Comics and I was like, <laughs> so I was completely an image guy. Do you still are you still reading comics now? Like, do you still read the big two? Do you go into image? Do you uh, stuff outside of American mythology? Unfortunately, I don't have a lot of time to read comics anymore. And that makes complete comics. sense. Yeah. Um, you know, when you're making comics, one, you don't have the money to buy comics. <laughs> <laughs> and two, you just don't have the time. Because, um, you know, when I'm away from the computer, a lot of times I don't want to I don't want to see a comic book for a while. I need to, you know, like wind down, especially when I've done a long stint. I was going to I was going to ask if, you know, being a person that, so to speak, sees how the sausage is made at this point. Do you do you really want to look at a comic book and read it on your spare time? Some I do, okay. um, but not a lot. No, I'm more of a I'm more of a comic book movie and a cartoon guy. I love, I love, of course, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm-hmm. Um, I even liked the DC Cinematic Universe. Um, I enjoyed most of those movies. I have the, uh, I have the DC streaming channel. Okay. I love that. So yeah. Yeah, I, I have that too. I've, I've been watching the, the Titans show and the, uh, you know, I, I, I miss Swamp Thing. That was the one I, I, I saw the first episode and I hadn't gone back to it yet. Swamp Thing was such an amazing show, only to be let down by the knowledge that it was never going to see a second season. Right, that was such a that was such a bummer to hear. Oh, I was I was so mad. Like for for like a couple weeks, every because I belong to a couple DC sites on Facebook, mm-hmm. and like every time I would see something about Swamp Thing, I'd be like fuck you bring it back <laughs> like every other post was like that <laughs> it's true that's very true like i mean it, it it did sound like it was such a uh such a different type of show for what we were getting for comic book tv shows and um i mean i hadn't gotten to the episode yet like i said i only watched the first episode but it, it involves one of my favorite characters a blue devil like Dan Cassidy oh, yeah. I, I really yeah. enjoy and I would love to I mean I don't know if I agree with Ian Zering playing the, playing the role but I'd still like to see the character on the big screen he actually does a pretty fantastic job really that's amazing yeah yeah you wouldn't <laughs> think so and the blue devil in the series you don't get to see him much mm-hmm. but he's quite different than what you would expect from the comics okay than what you see in the comics so um, but it, it's totally worth it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, uh, for a person who's, I've read comics for a very long time. I just haven't read them a lot in the, in recent years because I just don't have the time. But uh, to see all this stuff 
either movie wise or TV show wise, you know, become such mainstream and, and other people enjoying it too. It's, 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 it's been feeling pretty good. Uh, do you, do you get to play a lot of video games? Have you played like, uh, the injustice games? I've played a couple. I actually don't have a system right now. Okay. I, I play stuff on my phone. Mm. Um, so I'm an RPG guy. Ooh, like straight up tabletop, or are we talking about like uh, online? I, RPG? I'm a D and D guy, old school D and D guy, Same and here. I like um, RPG games, <laughs> JRPGs, all that stuff. So, do you have a weekly game going? I do not. I haven't in a while. Ooh. I actually had a I had a falling out with my with my group. You Which, know that happens. happens, yeah. <laughs> that definitely you know, people, happens. People get busy, things happen, uh-huh. lives happen, stuff like that. So, but I would absolutely love to get back into it. It's it's kind of funny because I'm assuming you're a gamer too. You're uh, a D- not D&D. yes, a D and D yes, uh, not so much video games. Yeah, well, a lot of people I find, and me especially, when you make a character for D and D, it's completely the opposite of your of the way you really are yes <laughs> like, i'm a i'm a big guy you know i'm like 300 pounds i'm i'm a big guy right and i always play halfling rogues oh and almost exclusively i played halfling rogues <laughs> i mean i uh i usually i i've always been a big guy as well and uh I usually play some type of barbarian, but if I don't, it's going to be some type of like elven bard. I love playing bards for some reason. Really? <laughs> yeah. Man, yeah never, we never had bards yeah. in my group. Um, the DM was more of like a hack and slash kind of guy. Ah, okay. And so to be honest, bards were never really, you know, Useful. never really had a chance. <laughs> <laughs> makes sense. It makes complete sense. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, just because I, I've just always liked, I mean, you get a little bit of magic, a little bit of thievery, a little bit of fighting and, you know, yeah. you, you have an excuse to act, uh, silly. And that's probably where your, your opposites things comes, comes into play. Cause in my real life, I'm usually very serious and stuff like that. So in my, uh, D and D life, I guess I get to act a little, I get to act silly and be out of character for myself. So. That's yeah, my comedy chops in. get to come out. <laughs> exactly. So, I like, mean, do you have a character that you've played for a very long time? Like, what, what's your longest running character? Um, his name was Soma. Soma. It was a halfling rogue. Okay. And came about that name because I wasn't. I mean, I made up the character, rolled the character, and all that stuff. And had everything but the name, and I was kicking around the name, couldn't think of the name. And my uh, DM asked me, he's like, so what's your character's name? And I said, that's something. Yeah. And he's like, okay, okay, Soma, Soma thing. <laughs> he's like, that's your, that, that's your character's name. Like, okay. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. And he was, a, he was a trickster. He loved to get into trouble. We had, uh, we had an half-orc barbarian and we found this like basically indestructible glue and i ended up gluing a book to his hand <laughs> <laughs> just stuff like that he tried to kill me all the time yeah it, it was fun that's perfect <laughs> <laughs> now uh have you taken a turn as the dm yourself 
I did once. Once. And while I had always loved the idea of dreaming up adventures and getting in there and doing it myself and doing cool stuff, um, the mechanics of it and the the logistics and reality of it is quite different. Mm. Um, it's hard. <laughs> it's really freaking hard to try and keep track of everything. Yep and deal with the twists and turns you know like you want the character to do this go left and they turn right and that you know stuff like that (laughs) and then keeping track of battles and hit points and abilities and all that that's just a pain in the butt (laughs) (laughs) this is true it it is it is quite cumbersome to to keep track of everything and then yes make sure everybody stays on track because most people just want to go off and do their own thing exactly (laughs) i have utmost respect for dms <laughs> uh so movie wise what what's what what kind of genre of movie do you usually get into my preference is horror i love horror old school horror um and superhero movies i like fantasy movies but it's a lot of it's a lot of superhero and horror stuff so when you say old old school uh, horror, are we talking about Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Halloween, or are we going a little bit I more updated s- with uh, Freddy Krueger and Jason? I love slashers. Okay, um, that's probably my favorite genre in horror. Okay, um, of course I was when I was younger. You know, I grew up in the eighties, and that's when. Jason and Freddy Krueger and Michael Myers that's when their heyday was right and I was a little scaredy shit okay? <laughs> I, I was afraid of my own shadow but the movies intrigued me like I would go and like watch a little bit of it and then I'd be too scared and have to run away and I have nightmares for a week like Freddy ruined my childhood <laughs> sleep sleep wise anyway right um and then of course as I got older and you know stop being afraid i grew to like passionately love those movies so i love i love a good cheesy 80s horror and okay so then how do you feel about you know as every horror thing comes around you know a remake a reboot of of certain things like did you check out the new hellraiser movie i did and actually are you talking about judgment i think that's what it was called yeah yeah, did you see it? I did not. Um, it's actually a very well-made movie. Okay. Um, it's gory. There were some moments where I was like, "Oh my god, that's disgusting." <laughs> um, it just it felt to me like it was a good horror movie, but they threw Pinhead in there just so they could call it a Hellraiser movie. Oh, uh-huh, okay. Other than that, it was a it was a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> what is, is there one particular one that you would love to see remade in, in modern day with the new technology and stuff like that? Um, cause we just got Halloween again with, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis and, and was it my, my, uh, Danny McBride as a, one of the writers. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And uh, yeah, I did watch that. I enjoyed it. It wasn't as good as I was hoping, but nostalgia is a bitch it really is um that's i always say that because nothing is ever going to live up to the warm fuzzy feelings you had the first time you watched it 
when you were a kid. Right. <laughs> or, Absolutely yeah, true. Adult, whatever. Um, God, I can't really. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Is that there, I would like to see remade. Is there is there one particular slasher, you know, supernatural slasher that you enjoy more than others? I was always a Nightmare on Elm Street guy. Okay. Love the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise as cheesy as it got. You know, I'm I'm more of a first I like the first 3. <laughs> okay. That's, that's that that's it for me. The rest of them are I can watch them but it's just total cheese. Not that you know, Michael Myers or Jason or any of those were any less cheesy. <laughs> but those are my go-tos. Like I can go to and I can I can watch those like anytime. I can rewatch them. I've rewatched them hundreds of times. And uh how did you feel about the Jackie Earl Haley Nightmare on Elm Street that came out? Was that two thousand twelve? Yeah. Somewhere around there? Uh, you know, I absolutely despised it the first two times I watched it. <laughs> And then I just recently rewatched it, um, like a couple weeks ago. I really, think. and it wasn't as bad. I found my my hate ebbing away, <laughs> <laughs> just because it was so it was so different, and it wasn't um, it wasn't Freddie. You know, right. Jackie or Haley is not Freddie. That's Robert England. That's true. Um, and the movie was just so dark and the characters were so unlikable that you just you either didn't know that they died or didn't care that they died <laughs> like you gotta have some sort of connection with the character correct yeah yeah you have to feel some sort of empathy for them somehow or you have to want to see them get killed because they're an <laughs> asshole exactly <laughs> now did you see that uh was robert england in recent weeks said that if he if someone were to replace him as freddie would he his best bet would be kevin bacon I did read that, and I I have to vehemently disagree. Oh, the reason England worked as Freddie is because well, one because he was an excellent, very charismatic actor. Yes, but two, and and mostly I think that because he was an unknown, mm-hmm. and so you weren't seeing Robert England, you were seeing Freddie, mm-hmm. and that's all you saw. He Freddie took over the role. If Kevin Bacon played it, same with Jackie Earl Haley, um, you're not seeing Freddie. You're seeing Jackie Earl Haley, or you would see Kevin Bacon playing Freddie. Whereas Robert England was Freddie. You need, you need some more of a some more of a relative unknown, like we got with Bill Sarsgaard in the new It series. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Has to be an unknown. Yeah. And I enjoyed the It series. I mean, it was. I felt it was long. It was like overly long and drawn out. I think I feel it. Chapter two was definitely overly long and drawn out. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. Okay. And I will see it. I will watch it. But I'm actually. Have you ever heard of a movie called Terrifier? I have not. Okay. It's got. Um, it's about this maniacal serial killer, like demonish clown. Okay. Called Art the Clown. And started out in a it, the, the series is or the movies are by uh damien leone okay it's, it's his brainchild and of course it was an independent low budget movie and the first one was all hallows eve and it had different stories it was like an anthology but a lot of them 
were revolving around Art the Clown. Mm. And then that did well um, because it, you know, it really pulled no punches and it went there with uh, with the horror movie taboo of killing kids. Okay. And, and if you go there, people are, you know, people are like, wow, that's that's brutal stuff because that's one of the rules in horror movies is you don't kill kids. Right. Yeah. And that movie went there. <laughs> so that did fairly well. And he did a sequel completely based around like the origins of Art the Clown. But he got a different actor for the for the character in uh, the uh, David Howard Thornton. And David Howard Thornton is like he owned that role. He's he's crazy. He's maniacal. He's demonic and scary as hell. But he's charming. And somehow he pulls it off. So if you ever get a chance, and there's going to be a Terrifier too, um, they had it up on Indiegogo, and it did like five hundred thousand, six hundred thousand, or something like that. And that was just to improve upon the effects and stuff like that. Like the movie was already funded, and on top of that, I think they did like another five, six hundred thousand dollars. Oh wow! So there's there's a growing but very loyal maniacal fan base so if you ever get a chance watch terrifier first mm-hmm. and then watch all hallows eve <laughs> okay terrifier I don't know if you're into horror or not but i mean i'm not the biggest horror fan but you know a good movie is a good movie so uh, definitely give it a try there's uh i mean putting more out there for people to be terrified by clowns <laughs> sounds interesting Colorophobia is lives large <laughs> it, it really does it really does <laughs> Uh, how about TV? Do you, do you have do you have time? Do you find time to, to watch certain shows to binge watch TV? I do. I of course been. I have of course watched the DC shows on the streaming channel. I, mm-hmm. I like Titans. I love the animated features. I was so geeked that um, Young Justice was coming back. How did you feel um, about Outsiders? I I, I kind of did not like. I haven't watched the second half of the season yet, but I watched the first half and I was not impressed. I think a lot of people weren't impressed because it it took away from the core characters. I, like the core care, the reason you watched Young and loved Young Justice was the relationship between the core characters, mm-hmm. and and of course Outsiders. It it focuses on new characters, yeah, and I think that's the problem a lot of people had with it. That's definitely what I the problem I had. Yeah, but. Once you get past that, like I just I love animation, mm-hmm. and I I love animated movies, so I'll pretty much watch anything. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that makes complete sense. Yeah. So uh, then oh, and I loved um, like about a month ago I finished binging uh, the Flash on CW. Oh, okay. I, I didn't like it at first because I'm not a huge fan of how the WB takes or the CW, whatever it is now, um, they take superheroes and they turn it into teen dramas. Yeah. That's not, that's the weakest part of the show. I mean, it's great to see those characters up on the big screen or on the TV screen, but you're, you're absolutely right. It, it becomes so angsty and, uh, love triangle stuff and, you know, yeah. drama, that kind of drama over and over mm-hmm. that it, it, it does hurt. So, I would ask, have you watched any of the crossover episodes that they've been doing the last four years? 
like with um with the CW character the CW characters like uh, so last year they had uh Elseworlds as a crossover with all with the three different shows that they they make so the characters all crossed over and I've watched I've watched the crossovers as far as like when they came up the episodes of the Flash right and I used to watch Arrow I watched the first few, uh two or three seasons I think mm-hmm. and I just kind of fell off and the first I absolutely loved the first season of Legends of Tomorrow. Oh. That was just, that was fantastic. And then season two came around and it just kind of went. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because again, they, they changed it up and they took away from what the core show was. Yes, they, they definitely opinion. changed it. Yes. Yeah. And you're going to lose a lot of viewership when you do that. So. Yeah. No, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, I think if you have the opportunity, like especially this year, this year their big crossover event is going to be Crisis on Infinite Earths. They're going to try and replicate that from the comic book, you know, make their changes, so to speak, because though they have a Supergirl and a Flash, a Barry Allen Flash in their in their TV shows, I doubt they're going to kill them off like they did in the comic books. No, so, they won't. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the event looks like it's turning out to be pretty awesome. They, they've gotten so many actors from that have portrayed the roles, you know, throughout television history. Uh, two years ago, they had Crisis on Earth X, which was all about learning about an Earth where the Nazis had won and stuff like that. So I saw that. I did watch a lot of that. Yeah. 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 See. Yeah. That. I mean, I those events which I've just recently found out that they can't sell them on DVD because of certain region rights and, and stuff like that, which I, to me sounds weird because I feel like you'd make all kinds of money if you just sold that as a DVD as itself because it, it, it's all self-contained story. Yeah, exactly. It, it'd be that much, you make that much money. But I am really looking forward to the Crisis on Infinite Earths uh, crossover. So. You know what I would love? I just, I would, and I know we got an animated movie but I would love to see a live action flashpoint. Yes. That movie. would be amazing. <laughs> that would be fantastic. And just really see like zoom and everything. Just go at it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. I would, I'd be all for that. The other, the other thing that I would love to see and it can be animated first, but I would love to see in live action would be kingdom come like, Oh yes. That's my all time favorite DC story. Like if you can see that, on the screen i think i think it'd be the best didn't they say wasn't there like screenshots and didn't they say that um brandon ralph was actually going to play um kingdom come superman yeah 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 i think i think you're right i think that is true uh he is wearing in the san diego comic-con photo that they showed off from the panel from the heroes uh legends tomorrow panel he is wearing the Superman shirt, but it is the symbol from Kingdom Come. Whether or not yeah. he's actually going to be Kingdom Come Superman is another story. Well, that's the rumor going around. Ooh, I'm all for this then. <laughs> like, I think it's I think it's moved from like speculation to like almost concrete. Almost concrete. I, I I'm yeah, all for so. that. <laughs> yeah, that would be fantastic. So, outside of uh, comic book TV shows, do you do you have uh, do you watch anything else? Do you binge? Any, do you, are you Stranger Things guy or Black Mirror? Or? sci-fi i like horror sci-fi regular sci-fi there's some of it like um ex machina okay i love that show that movie that was fantastic Mm -hmm. but a lot of sci-fi i just 
it's too like existential and it there's just it's too heavy and i get bored by it Mm -hmm. um so i i'm more of a horror sci-fi i i can't believe i'm admitting this on air (laughs) but my wife and i she got me into this we watch soap operas <laughs> so you're 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 a days of our lives kind of person or general hospital young, what are we talking about young and the restless young and the restless every night we watch it <laughs> you know what yeah i i can't fault anybody for that that is a long-standing story that has you know been on air for you know, even before television, I'm sure. I know. I, actually, I don't know if Young and the Restless was a radio show before, but no, it started in the '70s. Okay, but uh, obviously they're doing something right if they're able to stay on since the '70s. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's just it's like it's like candy. It's like just pure candy. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how else to describe. <laughs> and you just get hooked. <laughs> so then I was going to ask you. Uh, because of your work in comic books, does does that maybe be the reason why you get turned off from sci-fi, like general regular sci-fi? Like you see, you see the same tropes being played over and over. Or you know, when I was when I was uh, when I was in my twenties, early thirties, I actually liked that deep, heavy existential stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a huge fan of anime, Deep Blue course uh ninja scroll stuff like that ghost in the shell and i was really really heavy into that um but as i got older i don't know it just it just didn't do it for me anymore i would like find myself rolling my eyes and getting bored and i don't know what it is <laughs> that's completely fair i gotta have i gotta have action i gotta have something compelling to keep me in you know i can't have two characters sitting around discussing you know the realities of life <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's one of them's uh, a robot that's questioning whether or not it's alive, like Ex Machina, right? Yeah. For some reason, I like that movie. You know what? That was, that was very well done. I would say the three actors in that movie really sell it. It, it you know, uh, Donald Gleason, Isaac, Oscar Isaacs, and Alicia Vikander just did an amazing job with with the material that they were given, and I, I can totally see the you getting wrapped up in it. Now. You, you you talked about how you you loved reading Hatchet. Is is there any character from the big two DC and Marvel that you would love to work on? <laughs> that's my that's my goal to eventually be able to work on one of the big two. Okay. Um. But is there I'm a specific a, character? I'm a huge Ghost Rider fan. Wow. Loved Ghost Rider from back in the back in the you know late seventies early eighties. Um. Danny Ketch or or, or uh, Johnny Blaze? Ah, yeah, Johnny Blaze. I'm sorry, I'm having a brain fart too. So. <laughs> yeah, it was it was Johnny Blaze. So you're you're more of a Johnny Blaze fan than a Danny Ketch fan? Yeah, I mean that's how it originally started out. So okay, and I loved the whole um, like I was so into like the there was a storyline where Mephisto was there was like a man with this like had this thing that trapped souls and had you know. Johnny Blaze's soul trapped in there, and I was just all into that storyline. So, I mean, can you picture what what is the you know what you would do with coloring for for a, a Johnny Blaze Ghost Rider comic like at this point? Like, you would can you see it 
in your oh, head? Oh yeah, they, I've done I've done Ghostwriter pages for my for my portfolio. Oh, okay, they're up. They're actually up on DeviantArt. Nice. And I they may be in they may be on Facebook too. I'm not sure. Is that so? I I've actually colored you know Ghostwriter pages. Now was that someone like someone else's work that you colored, or did you also draw that? No, no, I. I can draw a little bit. Okay. And of course I do my own art, but I I cannot draw like that. Ah, <laughs> uh, got it. Fair. <laughs> that is a skill set all into its own. <laughs> yes, very much so. So that would be your 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 ultimate goal then. Jo- Johnny Blaze dark or ghost rider kind of kind of book for you. Like I mean it makes sense. You you're all into the horror you uh you know you love the 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 demons and and fire and stuff like that yeah or uh like etrigan that would be cool that would be i would love for an etrigan book to be out there like i think the last thing i saw him in was the that what was that book during new 52 with with him and a bunch of other magical characters uh, I know there. I know soldiers he was part of Justice League Dark. Yeah. Oh, was he re- was he a part of Justice League Dark recently? I, th- I think so. Like, like I said, it's, it's been it's been a while since I read read comic book. So, same here. So, <laughs> I've I've never like picked up a new Fifty Two or anything like that. I just <laughs> I watched the I watched the animated movies. Yes, the animated movies. I and you know what I I love those animated movies that they put out like. Even the ones that I have absolutely no interest in, like I, I really don't have any interest in in Batman versus Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but I loved that that animated movie. I thought it was great. <laughs> well, for some reason, and I don't know why it is, and I think a lot of a lot of fans agree with this. DC absolutely kills it in the animation department. Mm-hmm. They suck in the live action. <laughs> For some reason, they're not able to translate that magic from the animated series over to live action. And Marvel is just the opposite. Their animated their their animation is is almost nothing except for like the core titles, right? Like Doctor Strange, you know, Iron Man, all those. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, there's really nothing out there worth watching. No, no. I mean. But they kill it live action. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. I would say that uh, you know that it's got to be Warner Brothers that interferes when it comes to the live action stuff, right? Well, I have my theories about that. I think where DC went wrong with their live action movies is that they gave they gave certain directors too much power, too much input. Mm. Um, whereas on a Marvel film, you have well, Kevin Feige, right? Right. Um, going, I don't give a shit about your vision. This is the character. This is how they're going to be. Right. Um, this is what the fans want to see. Whereas DC was like, okay, here's our character. Do what you want with it. <laughs> I mean, and I, and I think that's what pissed off a lot of people because it ended up being dark. Yeah. You know, like the Justice League, Batman, which I enjoyed them, but they. You know, they were just so dark and depressing. Yes. And I always say that if they could just capture like um Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. Yes. Cartoons. Yes. If they could capture that magic and translate it into live action, 
they would be blown it out the gate. That's right. I, I said if you really want to have someone that's a Kevin Feige over your live action, you get Bruce Tim, who's been doing it on their animation world for so long. Exactly. Let him exactly. be the architect of your live action, and you would have movies that sell. But exactly now they're going in a different direction. They don't want to go with the four quad- four quadrant movie, you know that that everybody loves. You want to go with the Joker, where it's going to be uh, very much a certain type of movie and so uh, if they're going to keep making movies that are like Joker which uh, from from the sounds of it everybody is loving at, at film festivals and it's winning awards and stuff I personally am not looking forward to that movie but I, I don't know how I, you feel I could give a shit less about that movie there you go <laughs> um, as far as I'm concerned it looks like a depressing Joaquin Phoenix movie that they just slapped the Joker title on it that's exactly how I feel too. <laughs> they, they they may as well have called it Pagliacci. It, you're you're absolutely right. It you know it's like <laughs> they, they're talking about oh it's just you know a guy that has a very bad day and he goes off the rocker. I was like I already watched that movie with Michael Douglas back in the '90s. It was called Falling Down. It, I loved that yeah. one. So. Yeah, yeah, Falling Down. <laughs> and I think what they were trying to do is more like a Killing Joke yeah. storyline. Mm-hmm. But and of course I haven't seen the movie and I I know I will watch it. Same. But I I have no hopes for it. <laughs> it just looks so depressing. Like it's it's it may be a good movie and it's but it's not a Joker movie. No, no. And I I I tend to think that if the critics love it, it's typically a horrible movie. <laughs> I I mean I, I I get exactly what you're talking about because you know for the longest time I, I, disclosure I was a film reviewer critic on our local news here in, in Yuma, Arizona. And I have to, you know, you have to watch so many movies over and over and a lot of things become looking, look, come out looking the same. As soon as there's something that's very different, you have to be like, Oh, well this is interesting. And as soon as you say that people were like, well, it was too different. I don't understand why you like it. And it's like people who watch movies all the time for a living have to look at movies different. And it's just the way it is. I agree. Completely agree. <laughs> did you find yourself like, like if it was, did you find yourself like looking at other things than just enjoying the movie, like the artistic aspect of it or the lighting or the camera work and stuff like that? Yes. I, especially if, um, for some reason the, the characters, like the first thing that I was going to a movie was, was, was am I engaging with these characters? Are these gate characters, saying something to me if i if that didn't happen then i would move on to okay yeah the camera work in this is is pretty amazing you know editing in this like you know the fact that you can throw these two scenes together or transition from here to there and i'm i'm staying focused you know those kind of things eventually came into uh, focus if um if i wasn't particularly engaged with the characters let me ask you this if someone were to want to come into the you know colorist job what would be the best thing for them to do to start out to um, before applying to that kind of work? What kind of skills should they hone? Well, if you're going to do it digitally, because believe it or not, there are colorists, I believe, out there that don't work digitally. Um, there's some that still do traditional medium. So you have to get your medium down. Like, of course, I work in Photoshop. You have to get a very good working knowledge of Photoshop okay. or whatever medium you're working in. Um, color theory is essential because a lot of a lot of people when they first start out trying to color, th- of course they emulate what they see, 
and they they see stuff and they're just like oh cool big shiny you know blah 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 in your face and that's not always what it is and i started out the same way um when i started out i was like i was hearing these people saying yeah i can do like you know four pages a day and i'm thinking how in the hell do they do four pages a day like it takes me four days to do one page Mm. and that's back when i was like every single little thing on the page was rendered like to infinite detail right and of course the further you go on you learn that you don't have to do that Mm -hmm. um your job as a colorist is to help emphasize and draw the eye to where it needs to be and tell a story with color all right Thank you. You know, this it's been an hour already, and I, it's been a great conversation. You know, uh, I'm I'm glad that, or, or I'm thankful that you were able to do this with me. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, this was fun. <laughs> do you? I've have... always wanted to do a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, I, I'm glad that this could be uh, one of your first ones. Yeah, yeah um, this is awesome. Would you have uh, social media that you'd like to give out, or your DeviantArt page? Uh, my DeviantArt page is fatboy73.deviantart.com. Yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. It's, anyway, fatboy73, it'll come up. Okay. Um, and then, of course, I do have a Facebook page. But there's a zillion Chris Halls, and I couldn't even tell you how to <laughs> actually bring up my page. So, No no website or uh, Twitter handle or Instagram? I, You know what? Twitter is a cesspool. (laughs) I hate Twitter. So I have a Twitter account, but I rarely go on there. Got it. It's mostly, it's Facebook and DeviantArt. Okay. So definitely people should check out your DeviantArt page. Yes. And please, 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 anybody listening to this, consider checking out um, American Mythology. Yes. And I'm also working on another project with Zen. Um through HCMP, it's called Infinitale, and we're doing a comic book based on this guy's um, tabletop RPG game. Wow, that's pretty interesting. It's, yeah, it's a D&D type game. That's awesome. And so we're in the process of making a comic book for that. Sounds great. So- and there's going to be a Kickstarter for that once the book's up. Um, it's going to be a, hopefully a whole huge thing. It's like really, really cool. The art is fantastic. The idea is fantastic. Uh, Chris Fisk is the guy's name. Get us some dates for all that. Then I would love to put that information up. Um, there's no date specifically for Infinitale yet. We're working on the book. We're thinking it's going to be about three, four months. Um, and then after that, there's going to be a Kickstarter for it. Right. So yeah, when you get the there, Kickstarter up, yeah, I'll definitely uh, pass. There is a one. website right now which Ooh. Chris is working on. Um, hopefully, we'll get some more art, you know, posted up on there and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a really cool, uh, like roll the dice RPG type thing. Sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if you want to talk to me, I'm on Twitter, even though it's a cesspool. You can find me at, <laughs> at Mitchipedia GEM. The rest of Geek Elite Media is at Geek Elite Media on Twitter, at Geek Elite Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our website, geekeliteMedia.com. But until next time, this is Hey Mitch on the Geek Elite Media Network saying, always remember to geek, geek out. out. This concludes our broadcast. Peace.